At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Today, we invite you to look deeper into 1 Peter, tuning into our current series, Unshakable, Steadfast Hope in an Unpredictable World. Join us as we allow God's Word to shape us and renew our hope with the brilliant truth of the Gospel. I want to begin today by asking you to consider your personal image for just a moment. Okay? I want you to think about your persona. I want you to think about the vibe that you give off. Just for a few moments, I want you to consider the perception that others have of you. We're going to work on a little self-awareness today. That's what we're going to do. The question is, do others see you as somebody they would say, yeah, that guy's intelligent. I mean, that guy is a really sharp guy. You know, that person, she is a hard worker. Every time I see her, she is hard at work serving her family, caring for those that she loves. She is a hard worker. Or maybe someone else would say, you know what, you, you seem like a servant. Every time there is something to do, you are the person that steps in and serves. What is the perception that others have of you? What's your image? The truth is, every single day, you and I are working to build that image, aren't we? We're not going to say that necessarily, but the reality is you and I are working on that every day by the clothes that we wear, by the car that we drive, by the neighborhood that we choose to live in, and yes, even by what we post on our social media pages. Those things all create an image or a perception of who we are. Now let me ask you a very important question. Do those things accurately represent who you really are? The clothes, the car, the house, the neighborhood. What you post on social media, is that really and truly you today? It's an interesting thing for us to consider because the reality is all of those things, when you combine them, they begin to tell a story. But the question is, is that a story that you want to be told of you? The story that you want to be told of your life? Do you want to be known by what you wear? By what you drive? by the cultural narratives that you're speaking into on our Facebook page or our Instagram page, is that what you want to be known by? The fact of the matter is many of those things can become idols in our lives. Many of those things can speak to the need that we have to be approved and appreciated by people in our culture. Those things all have a dramatic impact on who we really are and the story that we are telling. Now today, we're going to be reading a passage of Scripture. 
that helps you and I see that our lives are not idle factories. Our lives should instead be witnesses for Jesus Christ. That's what we need to be about. Now, most of us know this, most of us understand this, but sometimes we need a little reminder, don't we? Well, today, we're going to get that reminder as we turn to God's Word, but we're going to do that in just a moment after we talk to its author. Let's pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you've invited us here today to sing your praises, to exalt your name on high. God, we've done that with our voices. Now, in the midst of what seems to be a crazy, crazy world, a culture that seems to be drifting away from your truth, God, we acknowledge that we are people who are established and rooted upon your truth. God, we need eyes to see the truth that is found in your word today so it can guide us and lead us in the week ahead. Would you give us ears to hear this truth, God? And then would you give us boldness and courage and faithfulness to live out this truth? Because the world needs to see that. Not just an image, but they need to see that with our very lives. So God, we ask that you would do that through the power of your spirit. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, let's grab our Bibles, and we're going to see what guidance Peter is offering for us today when it comes to building and establishing our image or that perception that others have of us. I want you to turn to 1 Peter. We're going to be looking at chapter 2. Once again, just two verses. We're looking at verse 11 and verse 12. You're going to find that on page 1015 in the ESV Bible that we use as a campus. Here is what Peter writes. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. There's so much here for us to navigate on what it means to be a Christian in our world today. Certainly he was speaking to an individual audience that was dealing with some very specific things, and yet it applies to our lives as well. What's helpful for us to remember is that the apostle is writing to a group of believers who are, in fact, living in exile. They are up against a lot of challenges, a lot of cultural turmoil, cultural strife, and yet Peter writes to encourage them. He writes to challenge them to live faithfully and courageously in the midst of it all. Do you guys think that that applies to you and I today? That that wasn't very good. I'm serious. Do you guys think that what we're reading applies to what's happening in your life and in my life today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, here's the reality. Reading these words, 
and living these words are going to be two different things. What we just read from 1 Peter chapter 2, we can read that and acknowledge that intellectually, but then living those things out is going to be a little more difficult. So this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to unpack it and see two specific ways, two specific ways that followers of Jesus Christ can, in fact, live faithfully and courageously in the world in which God has placed us as witnesses for Jesus Christ. Now, these two ways find their foundation in the truths that we've been looking at over the past few weeks. In the first chapter of his letter, Peter establishes that followers of Jesus are a number of specific things. That is the foundation from which we get our challenge today. Here is what he says about those who are in Christ. You are born again to a living hope. That's in verse 3. You are recipients of an eternal inheritance. That is verse 4. You have been redeemed by God's power. That is found in verse 5. You are filled with the love of God and joy in your relationship with Him. That is found in verse 8. And you are saved through faith in Christ. That is verse 9. That's just the beginning of the letter. Peter establishes that as our foundation, and that is the beginning of the letter. And then he moves on to help us understand the reality that in Christ we are also chosen. In Christ we have become a priesthood. We are priests. We are part of a holy nation, and we are God's special possession. And so that's why Peter begins with the phrase he does as we look at our text today. He says, beloved. I love that. Because what that communicates is through faith in Jesus Christ, you are in fact loved by God. Beloved. I urge you. Uh-oh, the intensity has just turned, hasn't it? The intensity has been ratcheted up a little bit. Beloved, he's referencing all of those things that are true of us as we are in Christ. And then he moves into the space with a challenge. He says, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against our soul. Peter's just made an important link there. Did you guys catch that? He has just made an important link there. What he has done is he has declared that what we experience in our physical bodies actually has a direct impact on what happens in our souls. Let me say that one more time. What we choose to do in our physical bodies has a direct impact on what happens with the health of our souls. You see, our flesh and the desires that are there wage a consistent attack on the well-being of my soul and on the well-being of your soul. Peter is warning us against that fact. Now, you guys know I don't do this very often because sometimes it can come off as legalistic can come off as overly religious, can come off lacking grace, and that is not my heart's desire at all. Yet, 
What Peter addresses in this text, he does so head on. He is very, very direct, and he calls for believers. He calls for those who are in Christ to be aware of the things that wage war against our soul. And it starts with our bodies. It starts with the things of the flesh, the things that we practice in our body. Now, what are some of those things? Now, allow me to speak for just a moment about a few that are prevalent in our world today. As Peter is direct, I'm going to be direct too. We'll start with just a few. Sex outside the covenant of marriage. Pornography or the sin of lust. Greed driven by the desire, that insatiable desire for more and more. Partying or the abuse of substances. Lying or cheating to improve our status or our place in society. Here's one that nobody addresses, gossip. Where I'm going to speak poorly of you, I'm going to knock your image down a bit so my image can can be raised a little. These are just a few of the things that we do with our flesh and in our flesh. And then what do we do? We justify it. We know I'm a human being. I'm I'm fallen. I'm just going to do those things. Believer, those things wage war against your soul. They wage war against the health and vitality of what is going on in your heart. They're attacking your judgment to be able to live a godly life. Now let me be really direct. Those are the ways of an unbeliever. Those are not the ways of a child of God. And this is why. This is why through the power of the Holy Spirit, believers must intentionally seek our first point today, and that is to win the internal battle. You and I are called, are challenged to win the internal battle. Now the truth is, these sins of the flesh do in fact provide some measure of fulfillment, don't they? I mean, let's be honest, if it wasn't enjoyable or didn't give us an advantage or give us something we want, we wouldn't do them. But that's in the short term. That's in the immediate, in the long range of things, those things that I listed, the sex, the pornography, the greed, the partying, the lying, the cheating, the gossiping, they all lead to destruction. They lead to the destruction of marriages. They lead to the loss of integrity. They lead to the crushing weight of debt. And they lead to many other painful, painful things. In this month alone, I've counseled and prayed with people whose lives have been crushed by marital infidelity, by greed, by alcohol abuse, by gossip, all the sins of the flesh that we are looking at today. Friends, I want you to know this is real. And it's painful. 
but I also want you to know it's nothing new. It's nothing new. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul as he writes to a different group of believers about these struggles. He writes to the Romans, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. The Apostle Paul is giving that warning. He does it again to the Galatians and he says, and those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. You see, now we've been made aware of the problem. Peter has warned us of it. The Apostle Paul has warned us of it. And these fleshly desires, those are waging war internally. They wage war with our souls. So here's the obvious question. What are Christ's followers to do? I mean, we all know the problem is real. We've experienced it. It's happening among us. What are Christ's followers to do? Here is the action. And Peter gives it to us in our text. We abstain from it. You'd say, well, wait a minute, Pastor, that seems so weak. I'm supposed to abstain? Yes, you are. And here's how you do it. You run. You flee. You get away from the temptation. You remove yourself from the temptation. If your fleshly struggle is with alcohol, don't go to places that serve. If your fleshly struggle is lust, stay away from the television. Move away from the, the web pages. Don't watch movies that have that type of content. Be discerning. And if your struggle is with more stuff, get off Amazon. <laughs> now, I know some of these things may seem obvious. But the reality is you and I dabble a little, don't we? We might come to that edge and just kind of look. We don't run the other way. We don't run from the edge. We kind of get to that edge and kind of put our toe over the edge a little bit and kind of look over. We meander around this stuff and ultimately we get to the point where we justify it, don't we? It happens. That is not a biblical approach. That is not what the Scriptures teach for believers. Listen to the words once again of the Apostle Paul. Flee from idolatry. Flee from the love of money. Flee from these things. Flee from youthful passions. Flee. I love the way John Stott helps us understand this. Here's what he says. He says, we are to recognize sin as something dangerous to our souls. We are called to recognize that. We are not to come to terms with it or even to negotiate with it. We are not to linger in sin's presence. We are to get as far away from it as possible and do so as quickly as possible. So the counsel is to abstain by running and fleeing from sin. Now, church, I know this one isn't very spiritual, but I can't help not think of this. <laughs> Forrest Gump sprinting down that driveway, shirt tucked in, khakis on, hat on his head, running, sprinting away. 
That's the mental image I want you and I to have and to consider when it comes to the temptations of the flesh. To run, to flee. He's not walking. He was running. But I also want to take this one step further. If we stop and just think it's going to be easy, I'll just run away from temptation and I'll be fine. I want you to know that there is one more thing that you and I can experience and we need to experience if we are going to be successful against this flesh. Against the stuff that wages war in the internal battle. Followers of Christ are to pursue We are to run, we are to flee, and we are to pursue. We are to pursue God and the strength that you and I have in the Holy Spirit. Here's what the Apostle Paul writes in Romans. For those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the minds on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. So we run away from sin and run to God and experience the Spirit at work in our lives. We run from temptation and we run to God. And you know what happens when that, when we experience that? The Spirit empowers us to live righteous lives of peace. We live righteous lives of of peace. And that, friends, is how you and I win the internal battle. That is how we establish a godly image, a godly persona for others to see. But that's just one way. Let's return to our text to see where we find our second battle. Peter writes, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Peter began our text by speaking directly to the internal struggle, and now what he's doing is he's moving outward. The challenge is to live holy lives among the Gentiles. You and I are called to live holy lives among the Gentiles. But who are the Gentiles? Those are the unbelievers that God's people have been exiled to live with and to live among in a place called Asia Minor. Now let me be honest about this. Let's be direct. When you look at that text, the question is, what does it mean to live among the Gentiles? Here's what it does not mean. It does not mean that you and I are to remove ourselves and hide from the world. It's not what it says. The believers are not to go to war with different ideologies of the day. It's not what it says. And the followers of Christ are not encouraged to simply go along with everything and just copy and live lives like the Gentiles. That's not what it says either. Instead, Peter exhorts believers. He exhorts those who follow Christ to live upright lives among the Gentiles. You and I are called to function well in our society so well that though we get accused of wrongdoing, we get accused of cheating or anything else, there's no legitimate evidence. 
We are called to live so well that all they can do is praise our character and our conduct. That's what we're called to do. And this is our second battle. You and I are called through the power of the Holy Spirit to win the external battle. You and I are called and we must seek to win the external battle. But the question then is, how are we to do this? Well, Peter just laid out the strategy. He just highlighted the strategy. He's just given us a blueprint for how you and I are to live amidst the unbelievers. Did you catch it? It was one word. He says, believers are to be honorable. I want you to say that word with me. We are to be honorable. Why? Because that's the character of the one we follow. That's the character of Jesus the Christ who lived a sinless, spotless life and he sacrificed that life so you and I might live. So that we might live like him. You see, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He declared that of himself. And his life was modeled by perfect love, by sacrificial service, and by good works. This is why Jesus encourages us to follow his example in Matthew's gospel. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before others, so that though they may seek your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So church family, here's the question for you. Are you living an honorable life? Is your conduct on your job, is your conduct on social media, within your friend group, is it honorable? Have you completely disengaged? Are you combative? That's not honorable. So here's the question I want you to wrestle with this week. Could a group of unbelievers look at your work, look at the way you conduct yourself in the work environment, in your community? Could a group of unbelievers look at you and clearly see that guy's a follower of Christ? That lady is like Jesus. Could someone look at your Facebook page or your Instagram post and see someone who is God-fearing, who is gracious, who is loving, who is an honorable person? That's what we're called to. You see, at the beginning of today's message, I asked you to consider your personal image, your persona, your vibe. And now, after we have examined the words of the Apostle Peter, it is my hope that you have a deep understanding of why your image truly matters as you seek to model Jesus the Christ. Church, the reality is your life is your witness. Your life at work, your life at home, your life on social media, your life is your witness. It is a witness to all that God has done for you in Christ and all that God continues to do in you and through you. Why? 
so that unbelievers are drawn to glorify God. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's Word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.